0: Hello! Welcome to another episode of Gospel Gal. I am Marissa Namir, Gospel Gal, and in today's episode I will be joined by my co-host Joy Dudley. We will be discussing this phrase of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in Jesus Christ, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified And we will also be discussing this from the perspective of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 15. Welcome, Joy. So, you just got back from seeing your grandmother in Nevada, right? Yes, yep. That was nice. Did Did you go gambling when you were there?
1: Uh, No, we just hung
0: out. (laughs) Nice. All right, well, um, let's get to it. Okay, so this is Meditation Monday. The Apostles' Creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. And also Lord's Day 15 from the Heidelberg Catechism, which discusses this portion of the creed. This portion of the creed that we're focusing on says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. And Lord's Day 15 in the Catechism teaches us that Christ suffered for us. Question 37 asks, what do you confess when you say that he suffered? And it answers, during all the time he lived on earth, but especially at the end, Christ bore in body and soul the wrath of God against the sin of the whole human race. Thus, by his suffering, as the only atoning sacrifice, he has redeemed our body and soul from everlasting damnation and obtained for us the grace of God, righteousness, and eternal life. And of his suffering, co-author of the Catechism, Caspar Olivianus, writes this, He was numbered with the transgressors, therefore he was not supposed to perish in an uprising, but to be judged or numbered with the transgressors. Isaiah also observes elsewhere in the chapter, he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. And again, he was taken from judgment therefore, he had to enter into judgment. The prophetic interpretation by Christ himself in Luke 18 fully agrees with these prophetic words from Isaiah, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all the things which were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will kill him, and the third day he will rise again. To those who were traveling to Emmaus he said, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Joy to have Ursinus?
1: Yes, Ursinus, his co author, writes By the term passion, we are to understand the whole humiliation of Christ, or the obedience of his whole humiliation. All the miseries, infirmities, griefs, torments, and ignominy. To which he was subject for our sakes from the moment of his birth even to the hour of his death as well in soul as in body the principal part of his sorrows and anguish were the torments of soul in which he fell and endured the wrath of god against the sins of all mankind by the term passion however we are to understand chiefly the closing scene or last act of his life, in which he suffered extreme torments, both of body and soul, on account of our sins. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Surely he hath borne our griefs; He was wounded for our transgressions. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Matthew 26, 38, 46. Isaiah 53, 4, 5, and 10. What, therefore, did Christ suffer? 1. The privation of, or destitution of highest felicity and joy, together with all those good things which he might have enjoyed. 2. All the infirmities of our nature, sin only accepted. He hungered, he thirsted, was fatigued, was afflicted with sadness and grief. 3 extreme want and poverty the son of man has nowhere to lay his head matthew eight 20. 4 infinite injuries reproaches calamities treacheries envying slanders blasphemies rejections and contempt i am a worm and no man and a reproach of many he hath no form or comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him five the temptations of the devil he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin six the most reproachful and ignominious death even that of the cross seven the keenest and most bitter anguish of soul which is doubtless a sense of the wrath of god against the sins of the whole human race it was this that caused him to exclaim upon the cross with a loud voice my god my god why hast thou forsaken me? As if he should say, Why dost thou not drive away from me such severe anguish and torments? Thus we see what and how greatly Christ has suffered in our behalf. What was the impelling cause of the passion of Christ? The cause which moved God to give his son for us was one, his love towards the human race. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Two The compassion of God towards those who were fallen in sin and death. According to his mercy, he saved us. Three, the desire and purpose of God to revenge and repair the injury of the devil, who in contempt and reproach of God turned us from the Most High and spoiled his image in us.
0: The Catechism teaches that Christ suffered specifically under Pilate as judge for a particular reason. Question 38 asks, why did he suffer under pontius pilate as judge and it answers though innocent christ was condemned by an earthly judge and so freed us from the severe judgment of god that was to fall on us of his suffering under pilate olivianus writes they gathered themselves truly against the holy servant jesus whom thou hast anointed both herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever thy hand and thy purpose determined before to be done. The following prophecies attest that he had to suffer judgment at the hands of a foreign magistrate, which the reference to Pontius Pilate indicates. The prophecy of the patriarch Jacob, Genesis 49, the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes was completely fulfilled when the scepter was transferred from Judah and when Pilate in the name of Caesar executed judgment. Yet the prophecy of Zechariah that Baruch would build a temple whose glory would be greater than the glory of the first temple had to be entirely fulfilled when the golden crowns were taken from the heads of the kings of Judah. But when Pilate was in charge, The Jews recognized that they had no king but Caesar, and so they prophesied that the crown had been taken from the heads of the kings of Judah. Therefore, the time had now come for them to destroy the temple of Christ's body, and for that same branch to rebuild it again, that is, raise it up on the third day. The glory of this temple, namely Christ's body risen from the dead, in which divinity dwells today and for all eternity surpasses the glory of the first temple according to the prophet haggai why christ had to be condemned by a judge before the judgment seat you should view god himself as the judge exercising judgment through the mouth of pilate christ is placed before the judgment seat of god here on earth carrying the burden of your and my wicked deeds ready to receive the sentence of divine judgment upon them and to bear the punishment of condemnation for it should have been we who were placed before the seat of the heavenly judge and condemned there but christ took our guilt upon himself therefore he had to stand at the judgment seat in our place as a criminal and be condemned by god exercising judgment through Pilate even though Pilate had something else in mind. The purpose of this was that all our sins condemned once for all by God himself in the exercise of his righteous judgment and punished with severest justice in his Son. We might no longer be called to justice, much less condemned for our sins before the judgment seat of God. Scripture teaches us to lift our minds to God himself, the presider over this very serious judgment, that we might have the sure comfort that we, if we truly believe in Christ, are fully exempt from the judgment of God. That can be seen in the horror that Christ expressed when he cried, Let this cup pass from me, because he knew that he had to appear before the judgment seat of God and drink the cup of condemnation for us. Isaiah 53, it pleased the Lord to bruise him by weakening him. In Romans 8, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. God did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. And Second Corinthians 5, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God in him. God made Christ to be sin, that is, a sacrifice for sin. Notice that it was God who did this. See also Acts 4. And now we have Ursinus again.
1: Yes. And Ursinus writes, mention is made of Pilate in the Passion of Christ. 1 because christ obtained from this judge the testimony of his innocence two that we might know that he though declared innocent by this judge was nevertheless condemned and that by a regular judgment three that we might be impressed by the fulfillment of prophecy i will overturn overturn it overturn it and it shall be no more until he come whose right it is the scepter shall not depart from judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until shiloh comes the name of pilate is has been mentioned that we may be fully certain that jesus is the messiah that was to come for then already the scepter was taken away because he was condemned by a roman judge but why was it necessary that christ should suffer under a judge and be condemned by the ordinary course of the law one that we may know that he was condemned of God himself on account of our sins, and that he has therefore made satisfaction to God for us, that we may not be condemned by his severe judgment, just as he suffered death for us, that we might be delivered from it. For he who directs and presides over ordinary judgments is God himself too. That Christ might obtain a testimony of his innocence from the very judge by whom he was condemned therefore it was not proper that he should have been secretly carried away by the jews nor put to death by a tumult. but when there was a lawful process and trial and an investigation of all the accusations brought against him the father willed first that he should be examined that his innocence might thus be made to appear secondly that he should be condemned that it might appear that he being declared innocent was now condemned not for his own but for our crimes and that thus his unjust sentence to death might be in the place of our most righteous condemnation thirdly that he should be put to death as well that the prophecies might be fulfilled as that it might be made manifest that both the jews and gentiles were the executioners of this wicked deed. This circumstance, therefore, in the passion of Christ is to be carefully considered that we may know that this Jesus, who was condemned by Pilate, is the Messiah, and that we, through him, are delivered from the severe judgment of God. Hence, we are now led to ask, what is it to believe in Jesus Christ, who suffered under Pontius Pilate? To this we reply, that it does not merely include a historical faith, but it involves such a belief in Christ as leads us to confide in his passion. It is therefore to believe first that Christ from the very moment of his birth endured and sustained miseries of every kind, and that he, especially at the closing period of his life, suffered under Pilate the most severe torments, both of body and soul, and that he felt the dreadful wrath of God in making a satisfaction for the sins of the whole world and in appeasing the divine anger which had been excited by sin. It is also to believe in the second place that He endured all this in my behalf and has thus satisfied also for my sins by His passion and merited for me remission of sins, the Holy Spirit, and eternal life.
0: Thanks be to God. The Catechism goes on to explain why Jesus suffered specifically crucifixion. Question 39 asks, does it have a special meaning that Christ was crucified and not die in a different way? And the answer to that is yes. Thereby I am assured that he took upon himself the curse which lay on me, for a crucified one was cursed by God. And Olivianus says this with regard to Christ's crucifixion. Christ refers to Numbers 21, when he says in John, Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Now the judgment of this world and the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, says the evangelist, signifying by what death he would die. The divine sentence in Deuteronomy 21 is cited in Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. With him, they have crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says he was numbered with the transgressors. Isaiah 53 is quoted in 1 Peter 3, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth a few verses later, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Why had Christ to be crucified rather than suffer any other kind of death? The death on the cross was cursed by God, Galatians 3. Therefore, God pronounced the sentence of a curse upon Christ through the mouth of Pilate. The reason was so that Christ might take away our curse, and that the blessing promised to Abraham might come to us. When God said in the law, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, he certainly knew that his son would be hanged on a tree. Christ was punished this way, neither by chance nor by the sole decision of the Jews, but by God's special providence and counsel. For since this ignominious kind of death was due to our wicked, shameful deeds, the death on the cross was cursed not only by human judgment, but also by divine sentence. Christ, our surety, had to undergo this death that by making satisfaction he might free us from the curse. Paul reminds us that Christ bore our sins so that he might share his blessings with us as he was hanging on the tree. That is why we more clearly understand from the cross a sign of the curse, that the burden of the curse which we were weighed down was laid upon him, something which we could not understand at all apart from any other kind of death. As the Holy Spirit says in Galatians 3, Christ being made a curse for us, was real and not a fabrication. The apostle proves that very thing by the voice of God. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Indeed, not only did God know at the time he said this was the kind of death that his son would die, but the death on the cross he pronounced a curse there had already been decreed for the son. For in this all our hope is placed, and the infinite love of God is made manifest, namely, that our God truly, not pretendedly, poured out all his wrath on Christ his Son, truly, not figuratively, cursed him, so that he might truly receive us into his favor. Indeed, if Christ had not been God, he would have remained forever under that curse from which he escaped on our behalf. For otherwise, the wrath of God had been a pretense, the obedience of the Son would have been a pretense, and the hope of glory that we await would have been vain. We ought not to fear that this is in any way an insult to the Son, for christ to be considered here by those qualities that he has not in or for himself but by imputation by virtue of his office as mediator this is a condition that he willingly took on so that we in turn being justified by imputation might be his brothers and co-heirs of the same kingdom. For we believe that he truly bore someone else's curse that was laid on him, whereby he demonstrated the highest obedience to God the Father, and also manifested his own divine power by then overcoming the curse that he bore. And then we have more Ursinus.
1: And in this regard, Ursinus writes, the death of the cross is an aggravation of the punishment of Christ and the confirmation of our faith. For if Christ was crucified, then he has taken upon himself the curse, because the death of the cross was a figure or sign of the curse, and not only so, but he has also endured the curse for us, inasmuch as weak as he was righteous in himself and ersigneth rights. God, therefore, will that his son should endure the punishment of such an ignominious death for these most satisfactory reasons. One, that we may know that the curse which was laid upon him was due on account of our sins for the death of the cross was the curse of God according to what is written. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Two, that the punishment might thus be made the heavier, and that we may so much the more be confirmed in faith, confidently believing that Christ, by his death, has taken upon himself our guilt and endured the curse in our behalf that he might deliver us therefrom. Paul teaches this when he says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth upon a tree three that we may be excited to greater gratitude considering what a detestable thing sin is inasmuch as it cannot be expiated unless by the most bitter and ignominious death of the only begotten son of god four that there might be a correspondence between the truth and the types this was necessary in order that we may know that the types are all fulfilled in christ For the ancient sacrifices which shadowed forth the sacrifice of Christ were laid upon the wood and before they were burned they were lifted up on high by the priests, that it might be signified thereby that Christ should be lifted up upon the cross, that he might offer himself a holy sacrifice to the Father in our behalf. The same was adumbrated in Isaac who was laid upon the wood for the purpose of being sacrificed by his father. Finally. The brazen serpent, which Moses set upon a pole in the wilderness, was a type of Christ, as is evident from the application which Christ himself made of it when he said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much the Son of Man be lifted up. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. What therefore is it to believe in Christ crucified? It is to believe that Christ was made subject to the curse for me, that he might deliver me therefrom.
0: Amen. Did you have any other thoughts on these questions and answers?
1: I'm kind of in awe.
0: You sit here reading, realizing that everything that was prophesied concerning Christ and his suffering came to pass exactly as it was prophesied.
1: Yes, and I think it really puts the love of God on display, too, because it just shows again how much christ suffered for us with the culmination of it being his death
0: so christ suffered not only did he suffer but he suffered under pontius pilate specifically according to the scriptures old and new testament and he he suffered crucifixion specifically as it was prophesied and we think about the fact that he was raised up, and specifically it said if the Son of Man is raised up, then he will die and rise again. One thing that stuck out to me of the set of questions here, that he died for our salvation, not only for our souls, but also our bodies. And that's something that sometimes people forget, is that because Christ did all this on our behalf, he receiving the punishment that we deserved for our sin, that he will raise up our bodies at the last day as well
1: wow oh i was just going to say that just again brings back the full and complete picture of what christ accomplished for us it's not just mm-hmm. our spiritual redemption but our bodily redemption too mm-hmm.
0: exactly it says thus by his suffering and the only atoning sacrificed He has redeemed our body and soul from everlasting damnation. And in so doing, he obtained for us the grace of God, righteousness, and eternal life. So, amen and thanks be to God.
1: It brings a different ring to those three words, Christ for you. Mm -hmm. Everything that he went through was for you. Mm -hmm. And you can be assured that Christ's suffering expiated the wrath of God that was towards your sin. he done away with it, nailing it to the cross.
0: So we're not left with fear and trepidation anymore, although it's clear that that's what we deserved, because Christ would never have to suffer such a curse if it wasn't our curse that he had received. But he freely provided his son for us, and the son, Jesus Christ, freely gave himself for us so that we would have his favor. Yes
1: and it was motivated by his love for humanity mm-hmm. a lot of times when we talk about Jesus expiating the wrath of God we almost talk about it in a sense that God was reluctant to do it and Jesus was reluctant to do it but in reality it was motivated by God's love for us
0: yes John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son it's not like he was thinking yeah if he doesn't go i'm just gonna remain furious with them forever it's that he first loved us and therefore because he knew the, that we needed this substitute this mediator that he gave his son amazing love how can it be that thou, my god should die for me thank you joy for joining me for another episode And thank you for joining another episode of Gospel Gal. We trust that this episode and all our episodes are a gospel blessing to you. If you have not already done so, please like, subscribe, and share our content on the blog and the YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, we welcome those on the Gospel Gal Facebook page. The Church Chats with Gospel Gal Facebook page. And please be looking for our fresh content as it comes out. As always, we bid you gospel blessings.